Welcome to Fat Camp with Joe Batanz and Lori Roggenkamp. Today is episode 6.5 titled Breakthrough. My name is Joe Batanz and oh, I'm doing a whole other show, but with special guest stars, Brian Bonsall. Randolph Mantooth. Kofi Annan. Lee Majors. Farrah Fawcett Majors. Robert Blake's wife. The guy that owned the Italian restaurant where Robert Blake shot his wife. Mark Harmon Shark, Shark Harmon. Lori's Amazon Prime Delivery Guy. Kojak's Lollipop. Vera. David Carradine Felt. The fortune inside of a fortune cookie that I got on New Year's Eve in 2011. Diabetes. And Wilford Brimley, all on another episode of Fat Camp. Oh, Lori, what, I can't believe on such a surprise episode we were able to get such big stars I to know. be on this bonus episode of Fat Camp. Can I say? Yeah. So we have two things, right? We have yeah. when we do Fat Camp, we have this intro, and yeah. then when we do Drag Race or any kind of drag show, we have you you start off by saying like, "What are two things you liked and one thing you didn't?" Yeah. Every time I'm surprised. <laughs> Every time. Both of these intros, every single time you say you start this intro, I'm like, oh crap, I got to think of some actors' names, and, and then the same thing with the, the the drag thing was like, what did I? It's like, why did I plan ahead? Yeah, well, same thing. Whenever I do a Dragula show, we haven't done it in a while, but then you say, shut up. Yeah, every single time I'm shocked and I laugh as if it's never. Ha- I remind me, I think someone actually put this on Reddit or on our Facebook page or something that I'm like. um the mom from Arrested Development, every time that guy comes in and surprises her? Yes. The private detective, isn't it? Yes. Ali! <laughs> <laughs> it really is kind of like that. <laughs> my favorite. My brother and I do that. The Because my brother and I, our, our relationship is purely based on Arrested Development uh, quotes. Uh-huh. Like, we just do quotes from Arrested Development. Uh-huh. So, a lot of times, like, because he always comes like during the holidays so i'll get a gift and then he repays me mm-hmm. and so one of the things from that is arrest development is when he lee he causes a fire alarm and so he's like what they're outside he's like i'm so sorry whatever to J- jason jason bateman's character he's like whatever you can give me and so jason bateman just hands him a wad of cash and he goes i'm not even gonna count it and he walks away <laughs> and then he comes back as a firefighter and he scares the mom. She's like, Lee! Yeah. <laughs> or oh, Gene. Sorry, Gene. Gene Parmesan. And um, Gene. And so then and then he goes, I counted it. Come on. Like, <laughs> he did count it. And so literally that's our bet. Whenever my brother hands me money, I'm like, I won't even count it. And then I come, and then like t- 15 minutes later, 20 minutes later, I just go, I counted it. Come on. Like, 
Oh, that's fun. That's well, I'm glad we got thing. together so you can tell us about how you and your brother quote Arrested Development. Yeah, I, well, you know what? Uh, that's what you get on the six point back <laughs> camp six point five. That's <laughs> right. the that's what you're the roller coaster ride that you're in for. Well, hello, Lori, and hello to everyone listening. Welcome to another episode of Fat Camp, especially this bonus episode, a podcast about two friends determined to help each other lose weight, get healthy, and be happy. I'm going to tell you something, Lori. I think we may have had a breakthrough today. I'll tell you why. Hmm. I had this outrageously large Mexican breakfast today. Like, oh my god, it was at a restaurant, and I, I, I I've never used this term to describe myself, but I'm going to use it today. And I think it's a very accurate description. I literally waddled out of the restaurant, and like that point where you're like, oh, it just even hurts to walk or to breathe. Comes so full, and then. My parents wanted to stop at Target, and I was like, oh, I can't believe that. Oh, I can't do this. I can't even. And then while I was walking, I was like, you know, I, I was thinking to myself, if my heart stopped right now, I wouldn't blame it. Like, I get it, right? And I was like, yeah. to me, this is a sign I need to make a change. I've made a decision. I've made a decision on how I'm going to make this change, and I'm very committed to it. I think it's totally doable, and I don't know why I didn't think about it before. Mm-hmm. But uh, before I go there, do you have any thoughts on what I just said, Lori? I mean, I feel like uh, that's, you know, that's a good thing. I wanted to say something really negative, but um, I I honestly, I I totally agree with you. I think that there needs to be that kind of shift where you realize like, hey, I got to really, you know, figure it out. Um, But wouldn't any breakfast you eat be considered a Mexican breakfast? (laughs) Yeah, I was being redundant there. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. I, sorry. I, I, I just didn't wanted to clarify. That. Sometimes I think I'm white. And then it, it takes people like you to remind me that I'm not. I'm I'm just a little distracted because <laughs> apparently there's a guy, and I'm not joking, on his roof, right where I can see, wiping down his chimney. Uh-huh. Well, of I course. Don't... don't you live in, like, Edwardian England? Yes. Yes. I don't – I'm not – I've, I've never seen this before in my entire mm-hmm. life. It's a stone chimney, and he's wiping it down with like what looks like like hand wipes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. All right. Oh, you know this one. But I think for you, this would be um, different. Chin, chin, me, chin, chin, me. Because we have so many chins. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, does this guy have like a little a broom and a little like a little cap, and he's like his yeah. face covered with soot? Oh my! Wait a second. What is going? There's a woman with an umbrella that just flew. With three tiny children, or two tiny children. Okay, do you have any thoughts on anything I just said? Uh, yeah, I, I'm interested to find out what it is. Uh, is it food-based or is it um, exercise-based or are you deciding that you're just going to, um, like, are you deciding you're only going to eat eggs? Like, I'm oh, interested yeah, yeah, to what see the what, what your thing is. Well, before we get there, is. and I, think, I know we've covered this before, but I think we finally have reached, uh, for lack of a better term, the tipping point, okay? And uh, where it's like, I'm just tired of feeling sick. I'm tired of feeling lethargic. I'm tired of having 
uh, gastrointestinal issues. I'm just tired. I'm tired of being tired. Does that make sense, Laurie? I'm just yeah. tired of it. And I know I need to make a change. And the problem is, is, you know, and you and I, you and I were thinking, you and I knew we were going to do, here's everyone listening. We were supposed to do Drag Race Thailand today. I was so full from this meal. The thought, even, even to this, even to this moment, this still exists. The thought of coming home and watching Drag Race Thailand and then writing a script for a podcast seemed like that was not going to happen today. Partly is, too, is, you know, the Oscars are today and I'm going to an Oscars party. And I have, I luckily. They're today? They're today, tonight, yeah. I have the benefit of having friends who get Academy screeners. Oh. And And even though this is against the rules, they lend them to me. And. I literally have all the movies I haven't seen on the Oscars, I have right in front of me, like right in front of me, right? I can just watch at my disposal, and I've watched none of them. And so I'm like, to me, I'm like, Ugh, I could, I should be doing that instead of watching Drag Race Thailand, you know? And Drag Race Thailand also takes a lot more work than a regular episode of Drag Race because often, actually, you may not know this, this may not be interesting to anybody, with Drag Race, when I'm writing a script for me, I'm not watching, I'm listening, you know, and I'm listening yeah. and taking notes based on what I listen to, and then I glance up when I have to. That's usually why when I do a live drag race, I have to watch it a second time to actually watch the episode. So, but when I do a first response, that's based on really listening to the show. And so on Thailand, I can't do that because I don't know what they're talking about. I have to read the subtitles, which prevents me from actually writing notes while I listen, you know, or watch. So it's actually a lot more work to do Drag Race Thailand. And just the thought of doing that today just seemed so overwhelming. I just didn't want to do it. I'll just, I'm, I'll just do it during the week. Okay. That said, okay, let me answer your question. Is I'm going to tell you the headline and then I'll explain why I've chosen this particular route. Okay. I'm going to go the Keto, Atkins, South Beach, you know, uh, what's, the, what's the caveman one called? Paleo route. Paleo. And I'll tell you why. Even though it's not going to be paleo, it's going to be more uh, keto or Atkins. And I'll tell you why. Is my parents lead eat very unhealthily, right? And I live with them. Not only that, my father is actually actively opposed to eat, eating healthy, right? He, In fact, if you t- let's say you gave him a meal and it's delicious, right? And it's, he's like, oh, I enjoyed this meal very much. If you tell him that, oh, that was actually healthy, he'll never eat it again. Even if he yeah. ate it and enjoyed it. But because you said it was healthy, he won't eat it. And what's really frustrating is my parents aren't actually, like, fat. They're just, like, old people, dad and mom fat, you know? Yeah. But the way they eat makes me fat. Like, so then they're like, well, why can't you just make the same thing for us? But then they won't eat. My mom is, she can't have this and she can't have that. And my dad won't eat this and my dad won't eat that. And believe it or not, keto or Atkins in a very restricted way could be done very easily with them in the house. Does that make sense? So if they have pancakes and bacon, well, then I can make a little omelet and have some bacon. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so it's actually very e- it's much easier in a in a shared household to do that diet. It was something I was fighting for a long time, but I think I have to go to the no or low carb diet with them because I can't do vegan because they'll throw up, you know. So it, it, that's the choice I've made. And your thoughts on that, Lori? I think the only thing I would say is going to be tough is like not just going like ah fuck it, I'll just have you know, pancakes or, you know, something, you know, mm-hmm. well, but I, I think that's good. 
yeah, I think that that it's, I think to be honest with you, I think you'll see that like when you get through like the first two weeks of it, mm-hmm. that it's like, it's, um, you know, it's basically the same thing you're eating. It's just like less bread, you yes. know? Yes. So I think that that, uh, I think that'll be good. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I totally agree. My dad's the same way. My dad is like, you know, like he was like, Oh, I, you know, I switched from Coke to diet Coke. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's like his big change, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, one of the things is he loves chocolate. And mm-hmm. so I keep trying to get him to eat dark chocolate. Cause I'm just like, dark chocolate is healthier. He's like, yeah, but I don't like dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if he can't have the chocolate, he wants this kind of chocolate he wants, which is like the sweetest it's like just like well first off he loves fudge yeah so it's like the most unhealthy form and so he's i just like so yeah anything anything that's healthy also my family's the same way as far as like not supporting diet i remember one time i tried to go vegan and my mom bought me a giant bag of carrots (laughs) and that was it (laughs) well the thing with vegan i've cooked vegan before but that's when i was doing it with people who also ate vegan so we i could make a family-sized portion but i'll tell you this they were essentially they didn't pay me to be their chef but they were essentially supporting me you know i was living in one of their houses and they bought all the groceries and uh it was a full-time job like literally waking up in the morning because vegan to make it good takes a lot of preparation you're constantly yeah. cutting vegetables you're constantly doing things so to actually eat healthy and vegan it takes a lot I, I was working till dinner you know i was cutting fruit in the morning and then i was making lunch and then i was making dinner like i maybe had an hour off in the afternoon or two hours off in the afternoon and that was it yeah and so yeah it's, it's tough yeah it's tough to do it and so uh, so vegan is tough to do in a you know in unless you have someone who does it for you or you have all day to do it, um. But or you will or you're willing to pay a lot of money to have it made for you or you don't you know, go buy it. But um, so vegan is tough and also like you were talking about the pancakes thing. I generally I would say more often than not even when my parents make breakfast, I don't like the way they cook a lot of times. So I'm often cooking my own breakfast but with the same ingredients. Does that make sense? So if they have pancakes and bacon, I'll make something else, but I'll have the bacon. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's, not, it's not that far off from what I'm doing now. It's just I'm going to do it sans carbs. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I I I went to this. I was, like, kind of disappointed because I went to this cooking class. Mm-hmm. Um, or I signed up for this, like, three-week cooking class that's supposed to, like, help you learn how to mm-hmm. cook, you know, like, regular things. And the lady who was there was just sort of, like, she, first off, she had just, like, gotten to – she was a chef in Paris. She had just, like, her husband left her. She had to move back in with her mom in America. Mm-hmm. You know, she now works at this, like, you know, cooking class thing. Mm-hmm. So I think her will to live was kind of – on the fritz but mm-hmm. she was like constantly everything was like butter and creams and it was just like do should we really add that much butter she's like yeah why not what do you gotta go what do you got to live yeah. for? you know it's like oh, okay okay thanks lady you know it's just like she was just sort of like yeah just like you know butter makes it taste good and that's really all that matters and i don't you know so it's just like i was just like well i feel like i'm not learning what i should <laughs> um from this class but yeah i think well and i think you also have the upper hand with for me is that you you're a really good cook so mm-hmm. i think that like um if you just yeah if you just put those ideas in place i think you could have a lot of a lot of benefits mm-hmm. no, I'm, so. I'm, yeah for instance i'm right now carrying my own bacon 
yeah see i would yeah. i wouldn't even know how to begin doing that yeah, so. it's very easy actually so okay so laurie so one of the things another thing you want you and i wanted to talk about and you know it's something actually i felt a lot of guilt after episode six and i know this is episode 6.5 after episode six I felt you and I, well, no, I shouldn't say you. I felt I was inappropriately flippant about Brody Stevens' death, right? And I think you and I were both very sad. I know you put something up on uh, Instagram and social media talking about yeah. it. Yeah. And the one thing I, re- I felt remiss about saying was that, and I think everyone who listens to the show, you're a Patreon supporter. So if you're a Patreon supporter, you know that uh, I went, I suffered a very, very, very severe bout of depression at the end of last summer, where I was literally like, I, it's weird, Lori, I don't know if you, if you and I spoke during that time, but I was um, a useless mess. I was just a, I, I literally, I don't think, it's funny, it's even thinking about it now, and I've been meaning to have a, a, a talk with Taylor about this on the air. Even reminiscing about it now, it's even hard to relate to that person. But where yeah. I was that person where I couldn't move. I, you know, I, I lost a tremendous amount of weight because I couldn't eat. I wouldn't eat. I had no interest in eating. And I lost a tremendous amount of weight because all like the most I could stomach was like a banana, you know, uh, during like a whole, but that'd be it. My one meal for the day would be banana. And I was forcing that down. And oh, I boy. felt no hunger and I didn't want to do anything. I would just literally do crossword puzzles and solve a Rubik's Cube for like 14 hours a day and then go to bed and then i would i had a ritual of getting in my parents pool and swimming for like an hour and that's all i would do every day and then i i sought medical what, help go ahead what brought on the depression or was it, it just something that just fell over you, you like know, you it's just... so funny it's a mixture of both so what happened was i i think the early stages of it were beginning to creep up on me in the spring of 2018. I think Uh I I started to already kind of feel it. Things were being a little weird. And then a couple of unfortunate things happened to me in April of 2018. One, I applied for a job that I really wanted. I thought I was going to get. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And then um, I didn't get that. And that was very, very disappointing. And I think – and and I actually think – but it's one of those things, too, where it's – where, you know, when one door closes, another door opens. I think later on during my depression, you know, it, would, it for those of you that don't know, it was after when I came out of my depression that I decided to start Afterthought Media. Well, one of the reasons was, you know, I was up for a job at a major podcasting network and I didn't get the job. And I was like, oh, well, where, what, I'm doing this podcasting. Where is it going? I can never make a career out of it. And then out of the depression, I got this idea of starting this network. And don't get me wrong, everybody. I don't know if I've talked about this on the air. I've been going through this crisis again, but I think it's only going to make Afterthought Media better. Okay. And, and it actually involves you, Lori, believe it or not. We'll get to this. Aww. So, um, wait, as part of the depression or it's part of the. No, part of the good thing. We'll talk about it. We'll talk okay, about it. We'll, we'll talk about it today. Today's, today's uh. a half episode. But what I was going to say is, and then I, I got in a car accident that, you know, uh, only oh, a couple dear. of months before. Yeah. A couple of months before, I had this Lexus, and the, I was paying about 150 a month for car insurance. And the person, when it was time to renew, said, you know, your car is like 10 years old. If you actually drop down to liability only, um, you'll be paying only like 60 bucks a month, you know? And oh, I no. was like, okay, I'll do it. And then two months later, I got hit, and it was deemed, even though I don't agree, I'm not going to get into the specifics here, 
it was deemed my fault. And now my car was just fucked up. And I had this fucked up car. It was going to cost like $5,000 to fix the car. I don't even think it was Jeez. worth that much, you know? Yeah. And so that was led to the depression. And then a bunch of things kept happening that kept adding on and piling on the depression. And then weirdly, though, the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back was the food critic Jonathan Gold um, oh, died. Yeah. And for some reason, that fucked with me. That fucked with my head. And, you know, in a part, in a way, it was because I was like, well, he was fat and he had an unhealthy lifestyle and that's why he got pancreatic cancer and that's why he died and I'm fat so I'm going to get pancreatic cancer and I'm going to die. And I went into this tailspin where I literally thought I was going to die. I had the doctors do a round of tests on me where I literally had a heart stress test. They did an MRI. They looked for cancer. They did everything. Okay. They did a, a suite of tests. So, I mean, the good news that came out of it was I know that I'm cancer free as of now and I don't really have heart problems, but I had this extreme hypochondria took over, take over me. I couldn't. And so what happened was I went to a dinner at the end of July and I probably just had like heartburn but this severe heartburn caused tipped me over to where I thought I'm gonna die. This is this lifestyle is gonna kill me. And I was lost all hunger. I found no happiness. I got catatonic. I couldn't do any podcast anymore. Thank God Drag Race wasn't in season. And like I literally couldn't I was a zombie, Lori. It's weird. Again, like I said, talking yeah. about that person feels like I'm talking about another person. And I bet you even everyone listening doesn't understand like this person joe batanz that you know didn't exist it was a shell of a human being where my parents were worried my brother and my sister-in-law were worried and i seriously considered suicide like it was a serious consideration and and then but i did seek medical help and they did put me on medicine and eventually you know about within six weeks which about within two weeks you start to feel kind of normal and then it took about six weeks and i was very close to back to normal i feel i'm back to normal now and then that but coming out of that was when i decided let's do you know what this is what i decided and I know I'm, I'm taking over Lori, but it's okay. You can talk for a while. But <laughs> um, is I decided you only get one shot at this life, okay? Yeah. And I had spent a lot of my life trying to make other people happy. And I realized my priorities were fucked up. And that my priorities should have been, number one priority should be doing the career that I want to do which is podcasting. And then my number two priority should be helping other people. And don't get me wrong. It's like, for instance, I'm going to start doing, you know, the nonprofit still exists. We're going to be offering classes that I'm teaching starting in a couple of weeks. So it still exists. But instead of it working eight hours a day to work fund the nonprofit and help that, the nonprofit runs itself. And I spend a couple hours a week doing that. And my priority now is running Afterthought and trying to make Afterthought successful. But but going back to Brody Stevens is I know maybe not to the depths because I didn't take that final step, but I've touched the void, so to speak. I've yeah. been there and stared it in the face and was by the grace of God able to survive it. And so please don't think I ever took the Brody Stevens thing, you know, ever like super, I think almost reminds me of Jews who were in the Holocaust who were able to laugh about it. You know, like at a certain point, all you can do is laugh because yeah. it's so dark. But yeah. I, I, I've manipulated enough. What What are your thoughts, Lori? What are your Can you share stories about your depression? 
Yeah, I mean, I I've I've battled depression off and on. It's it's in my family. Mm-hmm. You know, my my aunt. Um, I feel like she's been the one who's been the most supportive because she's the one. Oh, I'm probably the only person in our family who like acknowledges that she has, and it like has act, has always actively worked towards you know doing something about it. So I think because of her, you know, I would say probably because of her, I've you know that help me acknowledge it because Mm -hmm. I was always for a very long time in my mom's frame of mind where I was like, I don't have depression. I'm just lazy. I just need to, you know, get off my ass and do things and stuff like that. And it's like, no, there's just like the, I go through periods where I just don't care about anything and Mm -hmm. I don't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was so much harder for me in my early 20, my teens in my early twenties, to do, to get out of bed, to do things. Like mm-hmm. I went three months without taking a shower. Um, and like, I just couldn't find, like, I never will say, I never really had, like, I had a moment where I had like a serious thing where I was like, I, the closest I ever came was I had a plan on how I would kill myself, but I never mm-hmm. like went for it. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, Oh, if I, if I did it, this is how I would do it. But I never once was like, I'm going to do it. Um, because I just never, I never, I knew that like, that was it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I knew that, that if I did it, that would be the end. And then I'd never <laughs> egotistically enough. I'd be like, I can never see myself become a famous comedian. <laughs> so like, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to rid this world of this, of this comedy gold. Yeah. Um, so I, I finally like, cause my aunt had always been like, you know, I think you have depression. You should talk to somebody. You should seek, you know, try and see about getting medication. And I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. And then finally I broke down. I was like, I need medication. I need to yeah. talk to somebody. And so I, I did that and I felt like that really helped. Um, but you know, I think also one of the things is that it, it's not medicate. I think pe- a lot of people think that people who go on medication some people do use it as a crutch, but mm-hmm. I feel like for the most part, it's just like, honestly, what people don't understand is it's literally just a leveler. It's just getting everybody back to zero. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's still food. It's still diet. It's still exercise. Yeah. It's still, you still Talk have therapy. to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Therapy. You still have to do all that stuff. It's just that like, it's like almost like, you know, becoming debt free. Yeah. Like it's like you're not rich. You're just not at a negative anymore, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think that 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 really um, helped me. And I've struggled, you know, I, I gained I lost a bunch of weight and I gained it back. Mm-hmm. But I think that's because I did it the wrong way. You know, yeah. I did it and I, I thought maybe if I had a jumping off point, I would, you know, be able to kind of keep it going. But because I did it this crazy way where I just drank like five shakes a day and taking, um, <clears throat> excuse me, five shakes a day totaling 800 calories. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it didn't teach me about like, even though I went to classes, I didn't have like real life experience about how to deal with like eating mm-hmm. healthy and making healthy choices and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, yeah, I think, I think, honestly think that food has a lot to do with how i feel on a given day Mm -hmm. if i have healthy if i'm eating healthy throughout the week i feel fine if i haven't been eating healthy i feel like crap you Mm -hmm. know so i think that um yeah it's it's one of the things that i will say that has really gotten to me this last is i definitely like you know we're all gonna die 
I mean, that's the thing that I keep trying to like ignore because I'm just like, eh, I'll have robot hands, you know, like <laughs> I'll just be able to like, you know, turn mm-hmm. into a robot and have yeah. the brain. My brain will be intact, but I'll mm-hmm. have, you know, the head of a robot. Um, it's like, no, you're going to die. Like everybody you love, everybody you know will die. Okay, well, don't take it to a super depressing place. Well, I mean, it could be fun, though. Um you know, because sometimes it's fun to just know that somebody's going to die. Yeah. Not like that, you know, but it's just nice to know, like, hey, that guy who, you know, the Amazon driver today, delivery guy today who, like, literally, like, threw the bags mm-hmm. on the corner, mm-hmm. like, and didn't even, like, bother, like, you know, just kind of, like, chucked them. He didn't even bother checking to see what was in them or if they were any perishables. It's nice knowing, like, hey, eventually that guy's going to die. I love how you, um, I have, I have. It's so funny. I finish your thought, but what I want to come back to is like how I have a less horrible view of that same position. But go ahead. Yeah. But so anyway, so what I'm saying is like you know, and I've we know people. I've had friends who've killed themselves. I've had friends who died. Angela Bowers, who's one of the funniest people in the world, got hit by a drunk driver and died about eleven years, uh, twelve years ago. He was one of the most amazing comedians, and it's like you know it's almost like i you have to pursue what you want because there are people out there now who don't have that opportunity mm-hmm. who don't have that chance yeah you know and so i yeah i think that um that's really forced me to kind of get off my ass and do something now do i do it every day no mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know i try every day to to do something that you know it will forward Mm -hmm. and one of the things i think that's really changed my perspective on like getting stuff and like moving forward is well two things is my relationship my girlfriends like made me see that you know there is more outside of just like open mics and you know comedy and stuff Mm -hmm. and school going uh doing being a special education assistant like a that has really helped me see like hey i can make a difference other places Mm -hmm. like it doesn't need to be comedy you know, Gilda Radner once said, like, she, when she, her book, um, where she talked about her cancer and like dealing with that, she said that she met the funniest person in the world and he was like, like a, um, a tech for like, I forgot, it was like a mammogram or some kind of radiology tech. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, people tell me that I should do stand up, but I don't know. And she's like, no, 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 you should just do this because we, we need funny people in these, in these, uh, um, careers because Mm -hmm. those are the people that will truly like help make us feel better Mm -hmm. and i like i feel like so for me personally it's like whatever happens i just want to know that i'm like helping somebody and making them feel better about themselves yeah um going to what you said earlier i during my depression when i was coming out of it one of the things i realized is that we all die Right. Yeah. And, you know, not for a lot of people, but I do feel that the the, the pursuit of fame is almost uh, a disease in this country. Okay. Yeah. Where there's a lot of people, especially the younger they are, that they all they want to do is they want to be famous because I think they're looking to leave a legacy, especially gay people. I think it's because they don't they don't necessarily see themselves having children. And uh, having children in a lot of ways for heteronormative people or for people who want children is a way that people see themselves as leaving a legacy, okay? And for a lot of people, you know, if, they, if they don't have that in mind for themselves, they think, well, I'll be famous. Yeah. And, and it's almost like a, a, a disease in this country. But when I yeah, think about Yeah, well, you it, just – everybody wants to feel that they're important. 
You know, everybody yeah. wants to feel like, hey, I've made left my mark on the exactly. world. When in reality, it's like, no, odds are in like 10 years, nobody will know who exactly. you are. Exactly. Because I was thinking about people who were alive when you and I were alive, who were like the biggest stars in the world and they died and nobody knows who they are. Like if you asked your average person under 30 or 25 years old who the fuck Bob Hope is, they're going to be like, I don't know. But meanwhile, oh, Bob- I've never felt more like more like put like smack down to earth Mm -hmm. then one time i went to get a bikini wax because i was uh gonna be in my underwear getting spray painted orange for a a comedy show okay and it was like everybody's like it's gonna be legendary you're so this is so funny and i was talking to her about it because she was like why are you getting a bikini wax and i was like oh this is why and she was like wait so you're gonna be like on stage getting spray painted orange and i was like yeah for sketch comedy she's like what sketch comedy and like had no idea what i was like no frame i was like you know saturday night live what's saturday night live i was like are you kidding me (laughs) i just like what What is wrong with you you just said gilda radner i will bet you right now 90 percent of people under 25 do not know who gilda radner is Oh yeah! Remember when uh, uh, Kanye West made that song with Paul McCartney, and then you had all those people tweeting out like, "Oh, it's so nice of Kanye to get this older musician a chance. He better yeah, thank exactly. him for like." Oh, it was so funny. But um, but what I was gonna say is is that they have this where they want to be famous when it actually it's very it's fleeting and they're and everyone's gonna die and at some point. You're going to be forgotten. They're one of my favorite stories to tell, I've told it a million times, right? Yeah. Is when you're driving from Los Angeles through West LA on the way to the airport, on your left-hand side on the 405 freeway is uh, a big cemetery with a huge obelisk. And it had, through the obelisk has like a big uh cascading waterfall you know that goes down a hill and if you drove by you might think oh what a beautiful uh uh ornament to the cemetery but the truth of the matter is it's a jewish cemetery and the obelisk and waterfall was a tr- is a tribute that al jolson the comedian who was like the biggest thing in his time had built to himself because he was so convinced that his gravesite was going to be an homage you know I mean, a, a pilgrimage for people who were just big al jolson fans and then if, and actually go up, there's like a statue of him on one knee singing mammy and it's like nobody knows who he is no one knows who al jolson is unless you're a big show business nerd you know and so no one's going there and yeah. flocking to see the big al jolson cemetery and that he was the big it wasn't it for him to think that wasn't crazy he was the biggest star more than you and i could ever uh, comprehend at the time you know he was legendary and that's what happened oh yeah i i was watching the birdcage Mm -hmm. yesterday with my girlfriend Mm -hmm. and i was like we were watching because i never seen it like all the way through Mm -hmm. and i was just like oh let's watch it all the way through and i didn't realize that elaine may wrote it oh she did yeah and i was like oh I didn't know Elaine May wrote this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, who's Elaine May? Okay, there was, you go. Oh, my God. And then, like, some obscure artist was referenced mm-hmm. uh, in the movie. Yeah. And Star was like, because my girlfriend's, like, really into art. And she, like, knows all these, like, obscure art. And she was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, who's that? And she's like, you don't know who this is? No. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's your Elaine May. But, yeah, yeah I... 
I think that I also think it's freeing because it's mm-hmm. like, you know, just do do what you feel is right. Like, I think that that's, you know, like one of the things for me is like, I don't necessarily want to be like mass popular, which I won't. I'm mm-hmm. not saying I will, you know, but I want to like have people be like, oh, my God, what this person did was so funny. You mm-hmm. know, like Arrested Development. Arrested, not a lot of people know what Arrested Development is. Right. But like my brother it's like his favorite show. It's one of my favorite shows. Like to the day we die, we will quote that show. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was on for like three seasons and, and you know, like barely any people remember it now, but it, it's like a, cult, it has a, okay. it has a cult following. It does. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that like, um, you know, I think that like, just as long as you have people who are like, Oh, I remember this show. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember them doing this thing. That's all I care about. Like, that's what I, that's what I would love. Yeah. I, I got started in comedy because there was a woman, my aunt told me, you know, you remind me so much of this one. You're, you have the same humor as this woman who has a show on KFI. Mm-hmm. And so I went and her name's April Winchell. Okay. And I went and I looked it up and I used to listen to the show and it, I call it like a podcast before mm-hmm. podcasts exist because yeah. it was like, she was on the show and all she would do was just make fun of artists and she would, like talk about the news mm-hmm. she had fabio on because mm-hmm. she would like do these like interjected things where she'd be like and now it's time to learn italian with fabio and mm-hmm. fabio would like do a pre-recorded thing where he would say like you know like um you know uh speaking of hot dogs how would you like something long and hard in your mouth or something mm-hmm. like that and it's just and then he'd translate that into italian and it mm-hmm. was like i loved it i thought it was hilarious but like not a lot of people know about that you know it wasn't like a, a ma- like a mass popular radio show uh-huh. but it's still one of my favorite things in the world and you know it's just like that kind of got me started in being like i want to do that that's what i want to do yeah um well you know, i want to go back to something i was saying earlier about like it actually is related to this oh by the way i see that your your best friend in the whole world flavio heels is in the chat room oh yeah <laughs> Hi, Flavio. Yeah, Flavio, I don't know if you know this, you're at war with Lori Roggenkamp. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. All right. No, actually, it's the sexual tension. Flavio, you know, I've been, I've been flirting for a while now. Yeah. So, uh, so the point is that... Uh, the, the going through depression. The point is, we're sad. Brody Stevens died. <laughs> That's the whole point of it. Well, that and also, I will say this: that I, I think that I have the benefit, which I, I find crazy, is that I consider you a good friend. But I will say that I think this year we've talked more mm-hmm. than we have in the whole year. I think of our friendship. Well, you know, it, you know, when Mike Lawson and I started catching up. Uh, that's that's one of the reasons I think Mike doesn't quit catching up, as he says he realizes it's a way for him to talk to me that um, that he and I had lost touch for a while as well. So yeah. uh, it's just yeah, it's just the way you you, you stay in my orbit is yeah. Uh, but do this now, you know. Going back to what I was saying earlier is so I've been going through this weird crisis. I love that this is not really fat camp, but like a therapy session. Yeah. I've been going through the therapy this, part of Fat Camp. Yeah, it was. I've been going through this. I bet Taylor's sad he wasn't here today. I know, right? 
But I've been going through this weird. I'm point. sure he's like screaming at his his. Uh, t- I was going to say TV, but I don't think he listens to this or his TV. No, I'm sure, he's screaming at his phone, going like, "This is a breakthrough." <laughs> <laughs> I've been going through this weird crisis for the past couple of weeks. I wouldn't call it necessarily an imposter syndrome. I think a lot of times with imposter syndrome, the person is very successful. And then they go, I don't know if people realize this is a lie, you know? I don't think so. I think anybody has imposter syndrome. Okay. well, It's just just a feeling of like, I don't feel like I deserve the recognition that I'm getting. Well, that's kind of what I've been feeling. But, But the part of it is, though, is, you know, I have a manager now who deals with the podcast. And... The Drag Race numbers, a lot of people would be jealous of our Drag Race numbers for the show. Uh-huh. But they haven't grown at all. They haven't, like, they're, they're pretty much the same as they were in December every week. They fluctuate a little bit depending on the popularity of the episode, but they just stayed the same. And I've been wondering, like, is this the most we're ever going to get? Is it ever a thing for Drag Race to grow? Anyway, what has led to my decision is... I have to move beyond Drag Race Recap. That doesn't. I'm not quitting Drag Race Recap. Calm down, everybody. What I mean is, right now, Drag Race Recap is sort of the flagship show for Afterthought Media. And I think what's becoming now a priority and very important to me is that I need to have a new flagship show and that Drag Race Recap is no longer the flagship show. And that any sort of... Uh, uh, what do you call it when the, the like overflow from like you know there's a lot of people who say they listen to catching up now because they found us through drag race recap i wanted to be now because it seems that's the only way i could do it unless people have advice in the chat room how to grow drag race recap i feel like i've done everything i could that i have to make a show more popular it has a broader appeal and those people will then go listen to drag race recap does that make sense Lori? And that's the only way I think I can grow Drag Race Recap. And I kind of feel like doing something with people love me and you together. Okay. Yeah. They love hearing us together. They think we have a great chemistry. They think we're really funny. And I think you and I need to come up with a a podcast, whether you and I have kicked around several ideas, um, whether it's one of those, whether it's Fat Camp, that has a broader appeal past the very niche audience that is people who listen or who watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Then, um, uh, uh, like for instance, Yunith Kim says she would love it if we did one that um, that uh, covered celebrity and LGBTQ gossip. Um, you and I are working on a show kind of like that. We're, we're working on doing something like that, you know? Um and uh, but I do think you and I could do something that would have a very broad appeal and have be very very huge. And I think that's I need to stop trying to rely on Drag Race Recap as my gravy train. Still continue to do it, but find a show for me and you, a project for me and you that uh, goes way past the Drag Race Recap. Yeah, I agree. I think that um. You know, one of my favorite podcasts uh, is not this podcast. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it, it's a podcast called Last Podcast on the Left, and mm-hmm. not a lot. Of, you know, it's uh, it's kind of a it's it's about like murder and serial killers and ghosts and aliens and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. three white guys, so take with that what you will. Um, but it's I I love it, and I've loved it from the beginning, and I listen to every episode. But the guy who runs the podcast, Marcus Parks, is in like like four, five other podcasts on the network. Mm-hmm. And they created a network. 
and he does like he does like a bunch of pod- other podcasts with that network mm-hmm. because he has other interests, mm-hmm. you know. So like one of them is Page Six, where they talk about like new uh, like gossip and mm-hmm. stuff, and then another one is uh, uh, Abe Lincoln's Top Out, where they talk about um, political stuff. Now mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of those those podcasts, mm-hmm. um, but I love but I listened to a couple of them just because I, I love this other podcast, but I think it's like, you know, just having like bringing in other podcasts or having like a range of, if you, if it's a network, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to have a range of different podcasts that cover every top, you know, sort of like different topics. And if it's going to be queer, uh, uh, based then, yeah. Like I would say like focus on like what interests queer, what, what are the interests of the queer culture? Like how can I, you know, incorporate that i think i think the thing that for me personally i mean don't get me wrong i want to do i'm game for doing as many podcasts with you as is as you know however many you want and i would love to do a flagship podcast but i think if i think you're thinking of drag race as the network and you're not thinking of afterthought media as the network it, well that's so, but that's that's the shift i had this week that, yeah right up until this week that was the thought that drag race recap was the network and now I realize, oh, no, 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 it's not the network. That's why I'm more excited about either once you and I get Fat Camp going beyond this sort of incubation period, that could be a very popular show, as well as, um, I can give the name of the show that we're kind of working on called The Tea, you know, that yeah. you and I are going to do with a bunch of other people. That's going to be kind of like The View. And um, by the way, Shannon had the worst ideas for who, the other people to be on the show. She was like, what if it was, it was like... She was like, oh, yeah. She was like, so she was like, Dave, you know, her husband, he has a client who yells a lot. Should we have him on the show? I was like, no. No, that's my thing. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Um, But she also have a client who like breathes really heavily. Is she trying (laughs) to get rid of me? So uh, the point, but then there's also, I'm really, I also really like the idea of getting into um fiction podcasts or narrative podcasts i don't know what you would call them right and you and i had yeah. an idea for one that i think would be so 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 funny and so 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 good and even just thinking about it i was laughing and i told a friend of ours about it and they were like oh my god that would be the funniest i would listen every fucking week to that yeah um, no i agree i think and i think that that's the freedom of this network is that it you can um you know, you can uh, uh, explore different ideas and different podcasts, you know? Yeah. And I think you should totally, I think also, I think you should, you know, do pi- a podcast where it's just like, you know, try doing one that's just you by yourself and see where that leads, you know? Yeah, I wanted to do that. I, I wonder that. if I can actually start doing that next couple of weeks. I, for the longest time, I've dreamt of doing some sort of version of a morning show. You know, yeah, but, but, I think that would be great. And then people could listen every morning, you know. And then what I would do is, you know, this Mixler has the option of a show reel. So I would just leave it in the show reel. So if you don't hear it when it's live, you know, you could just go to the show reel on your Mixler app and then listen that morning on your way to work. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I I listened to for a really long time after Ralph Garman got fired from K-Rock from mm-hmm. the morning show. Mm-hmm. He came out with the Ralph Report. And I listened to that. And I still subscribe to it. I just haven't listened. To it. But he, he would basically do the same thing. He would, list, he would uh, you know, release a morning show. By himself? And, yeah, by himself. Well, it was like, um, 
it was like he had guests on and stuff mm-hmm. um but he would just it was essentially just a, a a broader version of what he would do for the kevin and bean show mm-hmm. where he would do like voices and he would do like bit you know but it was just all him instead of having to work off of kevin and bean you know how long was each so, episode how long are the episodes Mm -hmm. uh i think they're longer now Mm -hmm. i think they're about an hour maybe more but i think when they first started i think it was uh i want to say 30 minutes but it could have been more but i know that they're longer now okay but yeah i think that a morning show is great i think that you know i think um excuse me i think that yeah you should i would say just like literally throw you know stuff at a wall and see what sticks because it's like what's the harm you know somebody's gonna you're it's like let's say we release this as a podcast and it gets no traction well Mm -hmm. we had fun making it you know Mm -hmm. and so if nobody likes it well then nobody likes it but if like let's say you release the morning show and it's a huge hit you know Mm -hmm. it's like great you know it might as well try something so yeah i'm excited for you yeah, so yeah, there's a, guys, there's a bunch of ideas brewing. Lori, that 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 idea, I I want to talk to you about it more off the air, but that idea I think is so funny. And, yeah, I uh, really liked it. Yeah, and I think that could be so good, and like doing those kinds of shows, fiction shows, and just broadening the appeal of Afterthought to the point where it, the Drag Race recap is just one of many shows. Because that's also a thing, you know, one of the things that got me nervous too was when I, in my talk with the manager, the manager was like, um, uh was like, well, what happens after Drag Race is done for the season? I kill myself. <laughs> R.I.P. Brody Stevens. But well. um, <laughs> maybe that's oh, what happened. I, that, you that's know what? what I was going to say. Big Sorry. Brother ended this week. Maybe that's what happened. What? Big Brother ended this week. So maybe he was like, no. Yeah. yeah. I know. I, I know he's a huge Big Brother fan. Yeah, exactly. um, but uh no but one of the things i was going to talk about was i and i totally went off track but i i have the benefit of doubt the benefit of the doubt of knowing you as a as a person outside of this and Mm -hmm. and knowing you as a friend and i will say hands down you are one of the nicest kindest people Mm -hmm. um and i know you don't i think i think you believe it but i know you also try and make a joke about it Mm -hmm. but i think that you're one of the nicest kindest people and i i honestly feel like when we were talking before we went on Mm -hmm. you were you were sounded affected and i was also affected by brody steven's death so but i think when we go on the show like we had talked about it prior about how should we mention brody stevens and do we think that mentioning him in the opening would be too you know and we're like Mm -hmm. no he would love that and it's true he would love that Mm -hmm. that's his sensibility but i think as comedians you know we also we have to take consideration but i think the audience has to take in consideration that this is a we're trying to make this funny Mm -hmm. like that's just our sensibilities that's who we are we try and make i can't tell (laughs) the funniest the funniest places i've been to are uh funerals where a comedian has died Mm -hmm. because it's literally just everybody like not being able to cope with their feelings and just making jokes you know and so it's just like i think that like you have to understand like that's that's how we operate is we make we try and make light of the situation we try and make it funny and, and and able to process so it's not that he wasn't, I don't feel like he was being flippant. It's not that you were being flippant about his death. I think you were just, you know, you were trying to present it in a way that you felt was funny. Well, and so, yeah. Well, you know, what's great, what's great if you, if you have any interest in this, look up, you know, hashtag um, 
Brody Stevens on Twitter and all these comedians are every. Just what's weird is you and I aren't the only ones that did it. We're nobodies. Famous comedians to non-famous comedians are telling their favorite Brody Stevens stories because he was one of these guys that was everywhere. You just saw him everywhere in L.A. And yeah. And someone mentioned that he used to call in his avails every week to the Staples Center. <laughs> <laughs> so like. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, when you're a comedian, you would tell the comedy store like, improv or something like that. Here's when I'm available this week to do shows. So they, the, well, they first off, they would send you an email. They yeah. would say, like, I get avails for Hollywood Improv. But, I mean, I honestly think it's just because I'm on an old mailing list. Me too. I get them too, and, and I haven't done stand-up in over 10 years. Yeah. I think it's just because I don't even think it's an actual... I don't think that I I think I don't think that email is how they book comedians anymore. Why like, do you like, think they do that? What? Why do you think they do it? Because I think it's just an old email list that somebody was just too lazy to just cancel. So I think they everyone just, should know. It, I don't think anyone know what we're talking about. When oh, you're so somebody, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. somebody sends out. You get an email from the Hollywood Improv saying like the, the what are your what's your availability for the two weeks for these two weeks of February? Yeah, and they give you the dates, and then you have to email them back in the search in the title. Um, you just you just put in Lori Roddenkamp avails, and then you just put whatever day whatever days you can you can perform and what days you can't, and then so so basically what they can do is if when people were looking at that they could go okay because it used to be I don't know if it is now it used to be that anytime they would book out shows so they would have a show would have its own producer yeah but the Hollywood Improv would be like we have the right to add two people mm-hmm. so that's that's why I got like put on like um you know i forgot it's like this really like weird show called like beaner fridays or refried bean it was refried it was refried fridays i think it was refried fridays i got put on that show (laughs) it was a mexican themed comedy yeah which is a mexican themed comedy i got put on so many shows that like i wasn't i got put on who i can't remember her name now but she was like one of these women who she was one of those women that one of those comedians that has like such a long list of accomplishments that you know as soon as they get on stage they're going to be terrible yeah you know like anytime because i've i've uh introduced fairly famous comedians yeah in my time and when i do they go just you know like christina pozitsky i i hosted a show that she was on and i introduced her and she's like just mention the podcast and that's you know don't worry you know, you know that's yeah. it mm-hmm nobody no other person the people who want you to believe that they're funny when they're not are the people who go she's a writer for kimmel she's a writer for blah 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 she's open for whatever and by the way if you ever go to a comedy show and somebody and the people have said oh she's open for chris rock or she's open for whatever don't believe it because what what it what it means is people always think that open means like chris rock saw you was like i want you to come on tour with me right no a lot of comedians what they'll do is they'll be like i i went to the hollywood i performed the hollywood improv once and chris rock did a guest spot right after me Mm -hmm. just so happened and so if i was one of those comedians i could technically say i've opened for chris rock yeah but i didn't open for him i just he just happened to go on after me yeah you know so so anyway so she was one of those people and uh she her big thing was she insisted that women female comedians wear dresses and and put on makeup and be feminine and oh, you know what was that show she ran what was it called it was like really funny women or yeah something. yeah 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 okay i know you're talking about that yeah uh-huh so she uh i was on her show several times and she hated me because i would show up in like a sweater and jeans mm-hmm. 
and pretty then, funny but, women. Pretty funny women. Pretty funny, yeah. Yeah. But I was funny, which mm-hmm. is was something that she wasn't. Uh and so one time we got not in like an argument, but like a little bit of a tiff where she uh she was like I think I had done it like three times. And she's like, you know, you know, and I was booked through the improv. So I was mm-hmm. in book through her. She goes, you know, the theme of the show and you know that you're supposed to wear a dress. So I just don't understand why you wear, you're not wearing a dress. Everyone, all the other women are. And I was like, yeah, but unlike everyone else, I'm actually going to be funny. So <laughs> and then, yeah, and like, <laughs> it felt really bad afterwards but i because i felt like i was like there were actually some funny women on the show she just wasn't funny but there's a lot but, of funny women who don't wear dresses who like they wouldn't ever be booked on the show who's the who's the lesbian one that books the the gays are us oh i don't know but she i, I couldn't aaron aaron I, foley thank you she wouldn't wear a dress for that show no, no. Well, now she's more lax on it. But when I was doing it, this is like 10, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. 10, 12, mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Yeah. I'm da- in dating myself 10, yeah. 10, like eight, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But she she was really strict about it. Like she she actually called up the guy who produced the show at the time. This guy, Eric, she called up him up and was like, I don't want her to be on the show. She's not wearing a dress. And Eric's like, tough shit. Like, oh, really? Eric yeah. loved you. Eric oh, well, he loved you. He left. loved is a pretense. He now, <laughs> the last like half of my life, he's he's been like very much like, well, you had promise, but uh, <gasps> he's told you that. Yeah, no, in no uncertain terms, he's kind of told me that I kind of squandered my talent. So I was like, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, no, you're, that's not true. All right, let's end. <laughs> let's end. Let's end the show on a good note. Oh, okay. Well, so this is Fat Camp. So what, what now? I've already made it clear. I'm going to do keto starting tomorrow. Uh, Jillian Michaels isn't going to be happy with you. <laughs> oh, she's against keto? Yeah. Well, I'm going to eat a lot of vegetables. I'm going to do like a healthy version of keto. Well, uh, can I just say that yeah. I find it funny that the woman who like was on a show that promoted like severe, drastic, unhealthy change mm-hmm. in a short amount of time where all of the most of 90% of the contestants have now gained their weight back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The biggest loser and she is, was that, is saying that. And she was what? fired because she was too hard on them. Yeah, yeah, and she was too hard on them, and she would like condescend to them all yeah. the time, and they kept saying that she was. She's saying that like, oh, the keto diet is so unhealthy, and I don't, I don't think anybody should. It's like go fuck yourself. Well, I don't necessarily agree it's the healthiest diet, but it's the best one I can do right now for well, my living situation. I was gonna say this really quickly because yeah. I forgot to mention. Yeah, I have a question. Yeah, are you at all interested? Because mm-hmm. this is something that I. Oh, do you have? Do you still have your gallbladder? Yes. Okay, because I I read up on a little bit about the keto diet. One of the things I found was like if you don't have your gallbladder, you shouldn't do the keto diet. Oh, really? Um, but uh, and I don't have my gallbladder. But um, why should another you one of your gallbladder? Because my brother does it, and my brother does not have a gallbladder. Really? Mm-hmm. But one of the things they were saying was that on the keto diet, it's really hard to gain muscle. Is that something you're at all interested right in? Right now, or is, no, 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 I'm not. Because at this stage, and I, I've done it before, and it is that's true. And also, you lose your ability because you're not eating any kind of carbs. Your um, your uh, stamina goes way down. But um, what I was going to say, is I'm only going to do it for two or three weeks to just to jumpstart into a healthy lifestyle. I would say, I mean, not to not to tell you what to do, but I'm mm-hmm. telling you what to do. I would say do it for like two months. Okay, yeah, I don't, two months. I don't feel like two weeks would be like. Okay, okay. That. I, I, but 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 the point is like it's short term, and then I you have the point. The point is, and this is true, and you know this. You can't stick to these extreme diets forever. No, 
they're not they're not sustainable no if it's but i think that's term, the issue is, yeah. that's the thing is that like one of but then you also have to you have to then as soon as you plan the keto diet i think you should be simultaneously planning how you're going to transition off and and what you're going to do to um you know to to like sort of ease into a a, a healthier diet yeah. of, like a long lasting di- uh, meal I plan with you. i agree with you because it's kind of like um, I view like those kind of severe diets, like wearing a sweatsuit and going mm-hmm. into a sauna mm-hmm. is like people think that that's how you lose weight. You can lose sweat weight out. But it's like as soon as you get out of the sauna and you drink a gallon of water, you just immediately no, just added right. back the water that you lost. You're right. No, you're right. And, but I think this is a way for me to kickstart it because right now living here and then it because it, it, really about training my parents as much as training me. Because yeah. once they get used to I'm eating differently, then I can actually change things and they're fine. Does that make sense? But something so drastic. Yeah. Like, now I'm eating healthy. You got to lead more. by example. Exactly. Exactly, you know, Lori. That's why my aunt just walks around with like lettuce in her hands and just starts <laughs> chewing it. And it's like, take the fucking hint. And I'm like, I think she wants me to eat healthy. Are you going to try and make any healthier choices this week? Yes. I'm going to. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I'm still going to do like, I think I'm still going to do Amazon Prime and Instacart. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I am going to try and go to the grocery store, but I'm not going to order. I'm not going to order delivery. Mm-hmm. I've been doing that way too much, and I feel like I need to really cut back on that. So my goal is to just do like, if it's not from a grocery store, I'm not going to eat it. Okay. I like it. I like it. Okay. Well, let's end the episode there, Lori. Thank you so much for this. I think this has been an amazing. Uh, for it's been. I love how for a half episode, it's been longer than all of our other episodes. I will say, I think it's the best fat camp episode we've done. <laughs> I think you're right. But uh, maybe we should always do only do half episodes. But, yeah, we should always just do surprise episodes and yeah. be like, "Hey guys, we didn't plan this." Yeah. But uh, okay, so thank you very much, Lori, for being here. Have a great day, everyone. Good luck to the Oscars. What are you pulling for on the Oscars today? Uh, I don't know. I really don't care. Um, I, I mean, I didn't even realize that uh, the Oscars were happening. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that there are some people on Twitter that are like overly obnoxious mm-hmm. about Rami Malik mm-hmm. winning, possibly winning the Oscar. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of want him to win simply because I want those people to be like, because I just, I, you know, I just think it's when you have that much emotional, like one guy tweeted out that like, he's going to take it with his grave that Rami Malik beat out Ethan Hawke or like Ethan Hawke was snubbed by Rami. Malek. And I'm like, really? That's something you're going to take with you to your grave. He won't remember next year. Yeah, it's like, honestly, like, you know, like, the things I'm going to take with me to my grave are like that time my dad told me he was proud of me. Or, you know, it's like, you know, it's it's just like, that's the stuff I'm going to take with, like, I'm not going to take with me to my grave the, you know, I just think it's so ridiculous. But anyways, um, yeah, uh, I'm hoping Black Panther wins Best Picture. Roggenkamp hosts her own podcast called The Bloody Mary Podcast with Maria and Lori. It's available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Lori Roggenkamp on Instagram at L-R-O-G-G and on Twitter at Lori Roggenkamp. That's L-A-U-R-I R-O-G-G-E-N K-A-M-P Follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz Fat Camp is an Afterthought Media production.